Askey Anything, a podcast presented by Mosher Consulting. Join us every Wednesday to find out who from Mosher's more than 200 resident experts we'll be talking to and what they're focused on at the moment. Trends, security, setup. Askey Anything, and we'll give you our best answer. Go! Hello, everybody, and Merry Christmas. This is Angel Leon. Mosher's HR advisor, and welcome to ASCII Anything, presented by Mosher Consulting, your technology partner. We've surveyed over almost all of our 250 tech experts to find out what is on their holiday wish list. Buckle in, the results were not what we expected either, so you're in for a surprise. We're coming up on our prime gift-giving time of the year, so today we're going to talk tech gifts. As I mentioned earlier, we basically surveyed some of our 250 tech experts, and we wanted to share with you some of those top items that they think are techy enough to be on their wish list. So if it's good for them, I think it'll definitely be good for you, our listeners. So if you have a little leftover Christmas money, you might want to check some of these out. But let me tell you, they're a doozy. We've got things from your regular tech you know, gifts to some more... Um, I would say weird aside, uh, but hey, we'll get a little bit into that j- in just a little bit. So we've got the top seven here. And as I mentioned, they're a little bit techy, a little bit odd. Some of it is stuff that you probably have heard of. Some of it, it's stuff that you maybe have not heard of. And that's what we're here to tell you today. So coming in at number seven, something that for the current environment of working from home, I think is something that we all uh, could have in our hands. So USB hubs and adapter. If working from home has taught us anything, it's that external monitors and other devices can really make your workday better. I, I can tell you from my experience, I have a second monitor in my house besides my laptop. So it is definitely a little bit better to do my work. A good adapter with either USB or USB-C or even HDMI ports and some good cables to fill those ports will transform your home workspace into something functional and easy to use. My second monitor definitely uh, needs an HDMI adapter, so my USB port is excellent. So USB-C, speed is great. It's very fast. So I can tell you that it works great. It may not seem exciting, but even this small investment can make your day-to-day work easier. Of course, you need to make sure that you buy a hub or adapter that's compatible with your computer and your monitor. Make sure that it has the types of output connectors that you need. It's a good idea to be able to plug in USB, USB-C, and HDMI devices, but many of them also have slots for SD cards, so you can upload pics and videos to your computer easily. And you know, nowadays with DSLRs and obviously with our iPhones or Samsung smartphones, you can do that. But if you have a nice DSLR at home that you can use to take care of those great family portraits during the holiday season, hey, there's no better thing to do than edit that in your computer. We had one of our employees recommend a Sabrin 4-port USB 3.0 with individual LED power switches, a great addition that could up your working from home environment. And of course, you can find this in any of the major tech places around. Up next, we have something that's really more of a winter product. Because winter is upon us, obviously, we're in the holiday season. We're in December. You know, there's, there's several types of winter people, or more specifically, two. Those whose hands get cold while typing all day, and those that have no idea what that is like. For the former, there are many options online to help. Zippo makes a nice rechargeable hand warmers that will also charge your phone in a pinch. We also found some neat USB mittens that look like toast and keep your hands cozy. Yeah, I, I, you heard that right, toast. They're the best things since sliced bread, according to my producer, Producer Brian. So 
in with me right now is producer Brian, who's going to give us a description of what these uh, <laughs> hand warmers are. Hi, Brian. Hey, everybody. Producer Brian here. Um, yes, these are stuffed toast. They're like a stuffed animal with a USB cord that comes out of them that you plug into your computer and they warm your hands. I bought them for a secret Santa exchange at the office several years ago and they were stolen multiple times throughout. And after the celebration had ended, no fewer than three separate people contacted me to ask me where I had gotten them. So as ridiculous as they seem, these were very popular. Hey, hand warmers are a serious thing, especially, you know, today it's a nice and balmy 29 degrees right now outside while we're recording this. So it is definitely something that I don't necessarily get cold hands, but right now just recording this, I, I can, because I'm not moving my fingers that much, I could definitely be using them or see myself using them right now. Yeah, I think since we have a link and uh, with a photo, you can see they're actually really cute too. <laughs> they're adorable. It's great to always add up to that cute factor, you know, to go along with your, uh, maybe your Santa costume or your reindeer costume. Hey, that's great. Yeah, toast hands. Make your friends jelly. That's not their tagline, but it should be. Toast hands. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Moving on to number five. This is something that right now, I think, again, to go back to the uh, number seven item, something that helps you working from home. You might not be happy with the way you look inside that little Zoom box that we've all grown so used to by now. So maybe your PC's old webcam is to blame. Upgrade that with a small HD camera that sits on your laptop or monitor screen and makes you look like a star. One of our tech experts recommended the Logitech HD Pro Webcam C9220, which has great reviews in Amazon. It has 1080p resolution, ready to put you in front of the camera and make you look your best. And I gotta tell you, I mean, I, I as somebody that uses my laptops camera. Um, I do find myself sometimes hitting that little make me look better button in Zoom. So, you know, it takes away some of the freckles, some of the things. So, I mean, it, the thing that makes you look the best, right? That's what we want. And so because we're getting so used to these little Zoom boxes and how we look in these portrait boxes, as I call them, it's, it's a great addition. Number four is, uh, it's an interesting tie. Uh, we had a tie between two items that you wouldn't necessarily think are tech items, but that they have some tech. We're talking about an item that's been very popular, probably, I don't know, two last two or three years. So we're talking about an air fryer with Wi-Fi connection or an Instapot. So let me tell you something that you probably didn't know. Our IT people here at Bozier many of them are skilled in the kitchen. We have a Mosier Slack channel that you should see. They provide the greatest recipes. They put pictures of the greatest meals that they make at their houses. And right now, because we're in the holiday season, we've gotten some great pictures of cookies, gingerbread houses, you name it. When someone mentioned that they really wanted an air fryer for the holidays, it actually sparked a great debate in that Slack channel. Yeah, that's right on hell. Even with social distancing in place in our office, it got a little scary for a while. Instapot diehards lined up on one side while the air fryer contingent hurled insults at them from across the open concept kitchen slash dining room. Forks were brandished, knives sharpened. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed as battle lines were being drawn and the peace accords have been modeled after the 1814 Congress of Vienna. Uh, through much back and forth, it was finally agreed that each gadget has a place in a high-tech kitchen. Much rejoicing followed, along with the customary sharing of snacks. Of course, we end every meeting with the sharing of snacks around here. Our folks describe the different recipes that they make in each of these contemporary kitchen small appliances, from Instapot's chilies to pizza, steak, chicken, and many other baking items on the air fryer. I got to say, I don't own, or I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't, own, I don't own neither of them. I do own an Instapot. 
my wife and I, we don't necessarily cook so much on it unless we are planning, you know, well, before the pandemic, we, you know, when we used to go to the office to work, we would plan a meal. We would just leave it there. We have an older son who's in high school, he's a senior. So he would come home and make sure everything was okay because the high school was near our house. But we really didn't use it that much. And just to see all the items that some of our IT professionals do with these items, it just blew my mind. Uh, Bruce O'Brien, you are one that, uh, have you had any experience with any of these items? We have, uh, at my house, we have both the Instapot and the air fryer. Neither has a permanent home on our kitchen counter, but they do get rotated out with great frequency. Leftover pizza, I have to say, in the air fryer, it melts the cheese, it keeps the crust crispy. It's the absolute best, fastest way to reheat leftover pizza. Now, in my house, there's not really a thing like leftover pizza. There's just pizza that I haven't gotten to eat yet. Uh, But in the event that some pizza is eventually left over, I look forward to reheating it in the air fryer. So would you say it's better to reheat the pizza in the air fryer than it is to do it in the microwave or the oven? It's basically the same as doing it in the oven. It's just way faster. And reheating pizza in a microwave is an abomination. Everything gets soggy and it's terrible. I would rather eat pizza cold than reheated from a microwave. I agree. And I know we're, we're going away from the subject here, but it's it's interesting because I, I remember reading an article about five or six years ago about people who would reheat pizza in a, in a cooking pan and just put a little bit of water in the pan and just reheat it there. I tried that once. I will never do that mistake again. So... Um, yeah, I'd rather put it in the oven, wait a little bit longer. I don't own an air fryer, so I, I've yet to try how good it is. So I am jealous. I am jealous because as somebody who loves pizza, I am jealous. Um, all right. So moving on to our number three item. This is an item that many people use right now. It's a very popular thing to do or to have in, in your house. I have one personally. I love it. It's a gimbal. Yeah, if one of the most important steps in watching home videos at your house is passing out Dramamine so no one gets motion sick, this is a great gift to give yourself and the people that are going to be watching your videos. Many of our tech experts sang the praises of their gimbals. A gimbal is a tool that stabilizes your camera or phone, providing much smoother results for your videos. Yeah, I did a price comparison and a moderately priced gimbal is about the same as it would cost to have your carpets cleaned if someone just can't hold it together after watching one of your productions. As somebody who owns one, I, I have uh, I have one, a DJI version that's a couple years old. It is used with my cell phone. I love it. I took great videos of it while every time we go on vacation, the stabilizing effect in it, it's awesome. I've shown videos to folks when they come to my house and they think that I had some professional grade camera. No, it's just a gimbal my cell phone, and I love it. I know, I know, Bruce and Brian, I know we, we talked a little bit about that when we started putting all this together. I know you were looking into getting one eventually. So have you made the jump or are you ready to make that jump? I have not. I'm still researching. I'm still looking. The, the one that you're talking about, uh, what, what's the one that you have? I have the DJI Osmo Mobile. Yes, it's a second generation. Yeah, they just came out with a third generation. Uh, So I'm trying to decide between saving a little bit of money with the with the second generation or going whole hog on on version three. Uh, But yeah, my Christmas gift to myself this year is definitely going to be a gimbal. Coming in at number two, we have another item that you may already have, that you may already know of. This is a very popular item on everybody's wish list. It's been a very popular item probably for two to three years since the first iteration came out. But we're more specifically talking about AirPods Pro. 
they're obviously all too known by everybody. Apple makes uh, these AirPods Pro. They're very good. They have become very popular with even our non-iPhone users. Some don't realize that you can connect AirPods to Android devices with very little loss of functionality. The amazing noise cancellation capabilities also helps immensely during those extended Zoom marathons. And I got to tell you, I don't own a pair of AirPods Pro. I have the regular AirPods. My mom gifted them to me as last year's uh, birthday present, which I was very much thrilled about because I've wanted a pair for the longest time. And so when she she sent me those via the mail, I was very ecstatic. I like them, even though mine don't have the functionality of the Pro that have that noise cancellation feature. I, I just like the sound. I like the way the, the music, the communication comes in, even while doing Zoom calls. I, I just like them. I like them because they give you privacy while you're listening to your coworkers talking about something. And so I, I just enjoy them very, very much. So I think that all of you out there that probably have them or if you're thinking about getting them, I would certainly give it a thumbs up. And finally, coming in at number one, this is another item that's been hot pretty much the last, I don't know, what do you think, Brian, five years? At least maybe? five years, yeah. Yeah. yeah minimum of five years. It's, it's been a, a big thing to see, and, and, and they're drones. Everybody's got a drone or everybody wishes that they had a drone. I wish I had a drone. So let's <laughs> just You can tell there. how popular they've gotten because in the last five years, it's gone to, oh, wow, look, it's a drone to, oh, good grief, somebody's flying a drone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they've, they've, become, they've become present enough to be, to be annoying at times. So you can tell they've really hit market penetration. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I remember last Christmas, um, we were outside on one of those not so cold days that we had here in Indiana. And my neighbor had, had just bought one. And I had, I had two expressions. I had that expression first. But then when I saw what he was flying, I was like, Oh, you have one of those. Oh, can I try? Can I try? <laughs> <laughs> Drones, as drone technology has improved and they have gotten smaller, our obsession with them has only gotten bigger. Both of our consultants agree that they would be excited to get a drone for the holidays. But before taking flight, make sure that you're aware of the rules and restrictions that have been put in place by local, state, or federal governments or authorities and agencies like the FAA. So I think it's very important for people to follow those rules. Drones. You, know, you can get in some serious trouble if you're unaware of the rules and you're in violation of them. A lot of city parks, I know here in Indianapolis, Eagle Creek Park, the largest park in the city, they ban them. You're not allowed to fly a drone within the limits of Eagle Creek Park in Indianapolis. So you definitely need to be, make sure that you're aware of the local ordinances or rules regarding drones. Some cities and states require you to pretty much record that you own a drone with your local offices. So make sure that you get to know those rules before you fly them. But when you do get to fly them, they're really fun. They're really fun to fly. They're really fun to watch other people fly. As I was saying with my story about my neighbor, we've gotten together here in our backyards and just do some uh, fly over our neighborhood. We, I was with him during the 4th of July when we had our fireworks here in the neighborhood and he and I were flying the drone over the fireworks and just taking video and pictures of that. So that's really fun. I know of people that use them for their kids' soccer games. They go, you know, when their children are playing soccer, there are some drones that you can actually focus on an individual. So the drone will just follow their son or daughter. So that's pretty neat. 
And I kind of like that. I wish when my six-year-old, whenever we, we are good to go back out, I want him to go play soccer. So hopefully by then I should have a, I probably should have a drone, but I think they're very fun. I think they're a cool thing to do for kids and adults alike. I know that I've been praising them uh, over the last 10 minutes, I feel, but they're, they're just so, so much fun. And it's, it's a good activity to go out and do with your children and for them to do as well. Yeah, there's a number of options and price points that you can hit too. Uh, for example, two Christmases ago, we got my son one and it's, uh, it's foam and it's in the shape of the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. So it's easy to fly indoors. It's very small. You can take it down the hallway or around the house. It's a little trickier if you take it outside because it is so light. If it's a windy or breezy day, your, your flight is not going to be smooth, uh, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, those, those indoors. And I think, it was, I think it was less than $50. Yeah, I, I remember when the first, and, and this was probably more than five years ago, but, but when we first had those smaller helicopters that you can fly indoors that were like 50 bucks, and they're now you can see them in, in many of the big box stores are like 20 and 25 bucks. I mean, they're so tiny. But I remember having uh, buying one for my oldest son, the high schooler, and he was so thrilled because he could fly a helicopter inside the house. Of course, that didn't necessarily go as planned, but uh, we hit a couple walls and stuff was broken. But hey, as you say, you the... <laughs> the, the, co the cost of the actual helicopter is not the uh, the major cost center in that transaction. It's, it's the spackle, the paint that you uh, have to buy to fix the scratches and scrapes on your walls. And it's whatever you run into and break like a uh, chandelier light bulb. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're correct. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a learning curve that can get a little expensive if you're not too careful, but, uh, but it, it, it is a lot of fun. Well, and technology has come a long way in that. Uh, many of the new drones have collision avoidance technology where if you're flying against the wall, they're going to stop before they, they hit the wall. So invest in one of those if you want to be. Yeah, the, a, a few extra dollars for one with collision avoidance technology. That, that extra investment at the outset will save you from having to replace the drone entirely later after you crash it into something. Uh, absolutely. I agree. We did reach out to one of our consultants here at Mosier who owns a drone, but we were unable to schedule a recording session with them. But they had this to say in an email. I'm just a hobbyist who happens to have one of the better consumer level drones. I'm not really an expert on this topic, but like a lot of products, there are varying levels of quality depending on how much you want to spend. Below $500, most of those drones I would consider toys. They're not really designed for photography. Mine is a DJI Mavic Air, and it has a three-axis gimbal. That gimbal stabilizes the footage and makes video files look really good. Another thing to consider is your personal level of piloting skill and what the drone will be used for. I started with a cheap toy drone, which gave me lots of flying practice. I crashed it several times, and I wrecked it pretty bad, but sold it for parts on eBay and used those funds to offset the cost of the drone I have now. Beating up that cheap drone really helped. It allowed me to get a feel for the limitations of drones, what kind of wind can cause an accident, how to handle a weak signal. Many lessons were learned. Safety is also something that isn't talked about much in the discussion of drones, and I think it should be brought up more often. A hobbyist should read the FAA rules on where they can fly. The two big ones are don't fly within five miles of an airport and stay below 400 feet. The DJI brand of drones run their piloting software on a smartphone or a tablet, and they have a database of no-fly zones that are updated in real time. One weekend, I couldn't fly my drone in my neighborhood because the president was visiting Indianapolis and there was a no-fly zone over the whole area. There's also an app called AirMap, which I think every hobbyist should install. 
It not only displays airports, but has a feature that can notify the control tower of a nearby airport to get you clearance approval if you're on the edge of that five-mile range. It's really cool stuff. I also think drone purchasing and training should be treated similarly to when you buy a firearm. Learn the safety rules. There are two stories that come to mind that are very important cautionary tales. In November of this year, someone crashed a drone into Las Vegas Stadium, causing about $10,000 worth of damage. Charges are currently pending against that operator. Another operator, through some form of software accident, landed their drone next to an active runway at McCarran Airport in Las Vegas. And for that, they were fined $20,000. So, know where you're going to be flying, know what the rules are, or be prepared to pay for it. Well... That is all that we have for you guys today. We hope you guys enjoyed our list. And we also hope that you continue listening to Asky Anything presented by Mosher. For Bruce and Brian, I am Angel Leon, and we'd like to thank you for listening again. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, everybody.